Are you going for a walk, a hike, a travel trip? Make sure that you have the right shoes, sandals, and boots for the trip, and make sure that they fit. Jesse Browns has an expert team of footwear fitters that will help make your endeavor feel better from the bottom of your feet and up. Placement in the right category and the right size keep you looking and feeling good, Mortimer, in the right shoes. Stop by jessebrowns.com or the brick and mortar in the shopping district of Charlotte South Park area to get your newest, most favorite adventure footwear from Jesse Browns. Hey, several weeks ago, we welcomed head fly fishing guide and lead instructor over at Jesse Brown's Outdoor, Elijah St. Blancard, onto the program to give us a breakdown of uh, where he came from, what he's got going on and been doing. And he's hit the ground running by speaking to groups in Charlotte, taking several fly fishing trips around the North Carolina mountains. He knows where the water is flowing, where the fish are biting, and more importantly, he knows the sport of fly fishing and how to learn properly, have fun, and catch fish. Welcome, everyone, to the Carolina Outdoors. I'm your host, Bill Barty, and I thought it was fitting that we uh, give Elijah a quick call and catch up with him and see if we could get a fishing report from the North Carolina mountains where the leaves have been changing, and it's been uh, astoundingly beautiful. If you don't believe, you can go hear the fall foliage forecast interview with dr beverly collins and highlights of the carolina outdoors podcast that's where you can find this episode and the segments from before including that interview with her but for now we're going to stick with elijah and find out about the fishing in the western north carolina mountains elijah welcome to the carolina outdoors Thank you, Bill. Of course, you having me on, man. We love having you on. I know you're uh, you're uh, large and in charge in the middle of the showroom over at Jesse Brown's Outdoors, but for the past week or two or three or whatever, you've been on the river a whole bunch. And previous to showing up there at Jesse Brown's, you were guiding the waters of Western North Carolina for the past seven years. Elijah, in your opinion, how is this fall? comparing and shaping up so far compared to prior years on the water yeah bill we've had we've had we're blessed to have a really uh fruitful summer in terms of rain we got a lot of rain and the water tables were up um and the fishing was really good all summer long and now we're we're our luck's a little running dry no pun intended but we're we're we're, we're in desperate need of some rain um so I've personally, in my seven years of guiding here in North Carolina, I have not seen the water as as low as it's been, um, as it is. I mean, it's it's. I don't want to say it's sad. It's just it's different than what we're used to year after year. Yeah, it is low. We've had several people coming in, several people from the mountains, uh, and people from Charlotte going to the mountains. Of course, they'll stop by Jesse Brown's to grab flies, to grab equipment, to to do that sort of thing, and. Water levels have been a hot topic around the fly shop with those people, but nonetheless, people are still going fishing. What do you do? What do you do when there's low water, but I guess fortunately there's cooler water temperatures, which is good for the fish. Um, Tell us about, uh, I guess, the techniques or the ways to try to handle yourself when you are fishing in low water. Yeah, if if we had this low low water over summertime, yeah, 
uh, we would be in we would be in some rough shape, mm. uh, dangerous dangerous um, conditions just for the health of our wild fish and the little little mountain streams. Uh, but but thankfully, like you said, the the nights are getting down into the mid to high 30s, which keeps the water cool during the days. So the fish aren't don't have their you know as much water, but at least they have cool water, and that's what's going to keep them keep them going. Uh, I would say that, you know, with the low clear water, they're a lot more susceptible to, you know, predators, whether that's birds of prey above or, you know, we saw a lot of a lot of um, otters that the state has reintroduced on some of the streams. And they're running around the banks with fish in their mouths. So we're definitely losing some fish to some um, predators, but you know that's nature. It's it's cool to see an eagle swoop down and pick up a fish out of the water. Um, we caught a couple fish in the past week or so that have talon marks on the back. So oh. you know it's 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 interesting. It's just an, a natural process that that we go through, um, and we just kind of have to go with the flow. Again, no pun intended. <laughs> well, um, well, that's something talon marks. So that means yeah. they they uh, were able to survive an osprey, an eagle, or whatever bird of prey going yeah. in, but then um, uh, only to be caught. Now, just a reminder for all our listeners out there, Elijah, for the most part, you have been fishing delayed, with clients delayed yeah. harvest waters. These are waters that uh, the promotion of, well, the requirement of catch and then release is in effect October through the first Saturday in June. So even though you and your clients are catching these fish with talon marks or otherwise, when you catch them, they're going back in the water to be caught again. Yeah. Yeah. It's all catch and release on the delayed harvest. And, and you had mentioned in your past question, uh, you know, some tactics. It's been a lot of fun. You know, usually on the delayed harvest, we're, we're flo- floating nymph rigs and subsurface. But yeah. because the water's been so low and clear, it's really opened up opened up a lot of opportunities for fishing dry flies and being a little more stealthy. And not dry flies that you can barely see. We're able to fish 10, 12, 14, 16 size dry flies. Um, a trip over the weekend, we caught probably over a dozen fish on hopper patterns. And it was a blast because... It's a big fly on the surface, and the fish come up and blow up on it in a foot deep of water, and it's 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 a lot of fun. And a lot of a lot of years in October, November, we don't get to see that. So right. there is some benefit to having, um, you know, some lower waters, different conditions, and you know we just have to adapt. And it is great because there's a lot of fish out there, even the few that get picked off by birds or otters or um, herons, you know. There's still a ton out there to be caught. Of course, for our listeners to the Carolina Outdoors, the voice you hear there, head fly fishing guide and lead instructor Elijah St. Blancard from Jesse Brown's joining the program. He's been out on the river rivers a bunch over the past several weeks uh, getting people out there, and I guess the low water uh, has been a concern, but one of the, uh, as you said, fun parts of it is it has brought on some some late October uh, or, or mid-fall topwater fishing, which is always fun. Um, uh, Elijah, 
we're talking about cold water fish. These are trout. They Their uh, gill system requires multiple layers, and it requires cold water. The state, as you mentioned about otters uh, re- being reintroduced in many places, these are fish, brown, rainbow, and brook trout, that are being stocked by the state as well. Um, so that's, you know, a great game mountain fish, sporting fish. Uh, but what about the people? Who have been going on the Jesse Brown's Wade trips with you to these beautiful places? Oh, we've had a, a wide range of people. And, and, you know, I love getting to know each and every client that we take out. We've had husband and wives. We've had work buddies. We've had father sons. You know, it's it's a wide range of people, and and it's cool just to see, uh, you know, the different dynamic between the relationships. If it's work buddies, they're like really competitive, and who's catching <laughs> the biggest fish, who's catching the most fish, and then we have father sons, and the father's just there to to you know see his son fish and is excited for his son to catch fish, and then you know husband wives too. It, tends to get be a little competitive sometimes as well and usually the women are the ones that come out on top whoa now you know what we've talked frequently about that what why is that why is and we've had women on the fly uh join the program uh ronnie vagnon linda hickle women on the fly and we've discussed the success of the female angler uh, nothing against our guys of course they are predominant in the sport of fly fishing but why do you think that is oh that's that's the million dollar question. <laughs> You're a uh, smart man. <laughs> you know, it's, not gonna I think it has that. to do with a couple of things. I think women tend to focus more. You know, uh, they're more in touch with, you know, making a good cast and focusing the whole way on the drift, and and they're a, a, a sponge for knowledge. They soak up and immediately, kind of, um, kind of change what they're doing. And I think sometimes men, we have an issue of maybe. Um, listening, one, um, and then sometimes our egos get in the way, for lack of better mm. words. Like, we kind of already know how to do everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so. uh, Elijah, now now, what were you saying? No, I was just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> See, I'm a man not paying attention. Yep. Okay, maybe that wasn't funny. Sorry, everyone in the Carolina outdoors land. The dad joke uh, landed with a thud. Not even my trusty <laughs> cohort across from me, TJ the DJ Boggs, laughed at that one. <laughs> Uh, maybe we can edit that out. <laughs> We're talking to Elijah St. Blancard here on the Carolina Outdoors, uh, talking about who's been going on the fly fishing wading trips. Elijah, you are, uh, and, I, and I mean this respectfully, you are a teaching guide, uh, a coach, a mentor into the sport of fly fishing for so many. Not only are you taking beginners who have never held a fly rod in their life, but you've also taken and coached and taught more experienced anglers as well who just maybe want to work on a nuance within the sport. Is there one or the other that like you like doing better, or is there a challenge for you personally on on one versus the other? Uh, no, I wouldn't say challenging. Um, I think it's it's cool for me, like with my passion for teaching fly fishing, I think it's really cool when you see the light bulb go off in someone's head, whether that's a new angler figuring out how to set the hook or whether that is, you know, an intermediate to more experienced angler just figuring something very subtle out about their fishing techniques 
that really changes the game for them. And and that's kind of what I strive for is just is just finding that uh, for people and helping them figure out little nuances in their in their fishing game that is going to take them to the next level. Elijah St. Blacard, let's talk a little bit about the equipment. I guess the equipment that's being used and equipment is provided. Actually, everything is provided on your wade trips, uh, whether it be rod, reel, waders, boots, all the flies. That sort of equipment is all provided. But um, are you, for the most part, using four and five weight rods and, and lines? Yeah, for this time of year, four and five weights a, a, a pretty good uh, a pretty good size for rods. We're really downsizing our tippet leader and tippet size, mm-hmm. um, just with the clear water. I guess not downsizing our leader. We're we're fishing bigger leaders with smaller diameter tippets, um, so smaller line. So fish are seeing it a little a little less. Um, but yeah, the nine foot five weight's pretty pretty standard, and all the equipment, waders, rods, reels. All you need to bring is maybe some sunglasses. Well, it's been like 85 on the river when I was out <laughs> yeah. last, last uh, Tuesday. It's cool in the morning, though, right? It's really yeah. cool in the morning, and then it's 85 degrees in the afternoon. I saw 35 on my uh, thermometer in my truck, 35 in the morning. And then when I got in my truck, it was 87. I was parked in the sun, so whether it was 87, I don't know. But I was in a T-shirt, and I was sweating. Um, so we were all on the verge of jumping in. Hey, I'm going to ask you this. We don't do – well, yeah, we do. We have some of this equipment over at Jesse Brown's, but it's been a rage of late. In a traditional fly shop like Jesse Brown's, we have started having these longer, lighter rods. Like I'm talking about 11 foot three weights and items like that. With the euro nymphing or check nymphing, that's been a big deal as of late. Elijah, in your travels throughout Western North Carolina for the rivers, and I guess we I'll ask you which rivers you've been fishing. Are you seeing? a lot of euro nymphing. If there are other anglers who are in the water nearby somewhere, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of anglers are taking up the the tight line nymphing techniques, the euro nymphing techniques, uh, just because of its effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, the low water, in my opinion, makes it a little more challenging for euro nymphing. Yeah, um, but with a euro rod, you can transform it from a nymph rod to a dry fly rod you know with in just a couple minutes so you know it's it's built to you be a euro nymph rod but it's also can be a swiss army knife of you know fishing different different ways with one rod is it troubling to have an 11 foot rod on a north carolina freestone stream just because of the canopy and the different trees and bushes that you can uh you have to manage such a long rod in? It can be. I think the most challenging point is getting the rod to the river um, <laughs> yeah. from your truck. <laughs> if if you can get it to the river, usually, you know, you're in the clear. Um, it it's To me, the, the rod length outweighs, the benefits outweigh the, the struggles with a longer rod. Ah, so as yeah. you become a better, better caster, you learn how to maneuver that rod and cast that rod. And most importantly, Elijah, I have to ask you this. Uh, Maybe you're going to give away all the secret honey holes as a professional who is hitting these different rivers. Of course, we are talking 
predominantly delayed harvest fishing waters, which uh, when the state begins this on the 34 different streams in October, they started stocking October 2nd, and their first stocking went through just depending on the location through October 14th. They also have other stockings along the way. But, Elijah, it has opened up closer to Charlotte trout streams, so we don't necessarily have to go all the way to the Great Smoky National Park uh, like we may in July or so. Will you give us some of your tidbits, Your uh, a lot of us waking up early via the airwaves of WBT early on a Saturday morning listening to the Carolina Outdoors. Others have invested in subscribing to the podcast called the Carolina Outdoors. Can you give us a little, a little honey to our fly and tell us some of your hotspot streams that maybe we could go to? Yeah, you know, I kind of look at when I'm when I'm going fishing. I kind of look at uh, covering covering some water when I fish. So sometimes I like to change the scenery and and mm-hmm. maybe try and get in two rivers in a day. You know, fish a stream in the morning and then jump in the truck and 15 minutes down the road you can hit another stream. Um, so you know, with that said, I like to fish all on the eastern side of the mountain range. So we're talking like the Wilson Creek. Um, you can fish Wilson in the morning, then drive down and down to like Old Fort area and, and fish Curtis Creek or even in Marion. The Catawba River delayed harvest is really good. It's got really nice access. It's on a greenway trail, uh, so it's it's super user friendly. Um, and then as you go a little further north up towards the Mitchell and, and Surrey County up 77, you can fish that in the morning um, and then head over just a couple miles. I think it's about a 17, 18-minute drive from the Mitchell River to Stone Mountain where they have a really, really good good uh, couple streams there and even some wild water. So then on the, the southern side of the state, you could go fish Mills River um, out in, out in um, North Mills, just above Brevard. You could fish the Green River on your way out. So there's, there's a lot of little pockets of... of rivers that you could go out for the weekend and spend a Saturday fishing one river and Sunday fishing another river or you know you could hit a couple in a day. Now I gotta I gotta bring up we just interviewed John Grace and again if you missed that interview you can tune in via podcast highlights of the Carolina Outdoors. John Grace from Hammer Factor in the the Green River Narrows race is taking place November 4th. Elijah, that's a place maybe we should not go because over 2,000 spectators are going to be on hand in there. Let me ask you, though, because fishing the green versus paddling the green, are those two different sections? Yeah. If (laughs) if you're fishing the green where they're doing the kayaking, you are one crazy outdoorsman (laughs) because the hike down is is pretty crazy. Uh, You're scaling some mountain walls, some cliff walls. Uh, and then the fishing, once you get down there, is pretty challenging. But I've done it a couple times, and, and it is, it's beautiful, um, and the fishing can be pretty productive. But I wouldn't do it on the day of the race because <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be competing with <laughs> a lot going on. We'll have so traffic and weather together for that one. That, the outdoor drive time uh, with 2,000 spectators, not only parking, I mean, and they are professional. They're great at it, but uh, – uh, maybe uh, for a guided fishing trip, that wouldn't be the place to be on that day. 
No. <laughs> Elijah St. Blancard, thank you so much for jumping on the Carolina Outdoors and sharing what's ha- happening over there with uh, the fly fishing guide trips and the instruction. You've been out in the community so much and then guiding on the waters so much. Thanks for taking the time to give us kind of an update. It sounds like we need rain. But if we're going to hit these Western North Carolina delayed harvest streams, the fishing has been good. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Off he goes and off I go. If you're interested in a fly fishing wade trip with Jesse Browns, you can uh, contact me. You can send an email over bill at jessebrowns.com or call the shop 704-556-0020. The hardest part of all of this is picking the date to go. So Elijah's been on the river a lot and all of our guides over there under him at Jesse Browns have been on the river a lot. We want you to get out there and enjoy the sport of fly fishing with a day trip from Jesse Browns. I'm going to take a quick break here on the Carolina Outdoors. TJ the DJ Boggs is on there. You're going to hear that interview with John Grace from the NRS Green Race about paddling the Green River, one of the most competitive extreme sports that happens in the world, happens right here in North Carolina after this. <laughs> 